there is, of course, a need for further research, long-term studies. We always need more research, right? We're humans. We're limited. We always need to increase our understanding of things. So I think that's definitely called for here. But where do we go from here with this information? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Nourished and Thriving Show. I'm your host, Katie Luffett. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help you increase your impact and legacy on the world while healing your gut and reducing your IBS symptoms. I'm so grateful to have you here. Each week, I'll inspire you to live vibrantly and provide valuable resources and information that empowers you to take bold action towards your health goals. Before we dive in, make sure you follow or subscribe to my show wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, so different background today if you're watching this on YouTube. We are a few weeks in to a whole house reshuffle with potty training and a vacation thrown in there. So I am recording from my husband's desk today because mine is not accessible and covered in boxes. And so everything is just still not put up. So a different background, but I really wanted to speak to something that I've been seeing all over social media. And if you're on social media, following healthcare people to, or nutrition accounts, you've probably seen this too. So today I'm going to just like lift the veil. We're going to talk sucralose. Splenda, sucralose, you've heard it, you've seen it. And we're specifically talking about its impact on our gut, our gut health, and overall health, because we know that anything that affects our gut affects all of us, right? Our bodies, our systems of systems, we are all connected. Everything is connected. So, you know, I think that this question has been out there for a while. You know, does sucralose does Splenda, do artificial sweeteners have a hidden cost? You know, is there a drawback to that? So I'm going to go through some of these conflicting studies, talk through why they're showing different things and kind of with the angle of gut health specifically. So grab a cup of tea, hold off on the artificial sweetener for now until <laughs> we get through this. And let's get into this. So what's the deal? You guys, in true science form, they're conflicting studies. It's an ingredient on the shelf. It's being sold. It's been sold for over a decade now, right? Sucralose or Splenda. And so I think that there's a huge misconception out there that something that is being sold on the shelf is you know, without a doubt, completely safe for our health. I think that this is something that people are starting to realize now, but for so long, we really trusted companies. We trusted the government to, you know, only sell things that were safe, you know? And I think that as we navigate through you know, consumers becoming more educated and more aware about what they're putting in and on their bodies and the science as it's becoming more accessible thanks to the World Wide web and, you know, podcasts like this one and social media, I think people are starting to realize it's just not always as black and white and straightforward as we would like it to be. 
And the same is true with Splenda. So I want to start out with kind of the angle of how are ingredients that are being sold not safe? Well, you know, if it's a new chemical such as Splenda, it has to apply. So this is coming back from my regulatory work. So just if you're new here, if you haven't listened to that episode on how to read a food label, I worked in the food industry for five years. So I am very well versed in how the food industry works, regulations, all of that. So if you guys ever have questions about that, definitely let me know. But so any new chemical that hasn't been used in food before has to apply and has to have studies backing up to prove its safety before it can get put onto shelves. But with that, remember that the company that's trying to prove it's safe has an angle. They want to sell their product. They have a problem they want to solve. They think they have a solution for it. It's not all malicious. It's not like this like maniacal company, the big bad, you know, corporation is thinking, huh, how can we poison Americans today? But they do have an angle. They have a vested interest in getting their product onto shelf. And also our understanding of the human body, of biology, of physiology, of biochemistry is so limited. And I wanted to just honestly take a moment and stand in awe of how miraculous and amazing our bodies are and all of creation. The entire world is so amazing. And as humans, our understanding is just I'm like in tears, you guys thinking about how amazing and I'm such a geek. Our, our understanding, our human understanding is very limited, right? We are learning new things every single day, but we don't know everything there is to know. We don't know every single thing about how our bodies work. We're still learning. And so whenever these studies are done, like, you know, so Splenda has been on the market for over a decade now. We knew a lot less back then than we know now, you know, and we're going to know a lot more in a decade from now than we do right now. We're always learning more because our bodies are so complicated. And so with that, you know, whenever those studies were done, the researchers were looking at what they thought was most likely to have an effect, what they thought would be the biggest indicator of a side effect, a negative effect of this chemical. And their understanding was limited. And so that's why you'll see studies saying one thing 10 years ago, and then now today you'll see it kind of trending in a different direction. And that's what we're seeing here with Splenda and Sucralose. So also alongside that is science and research is similar really to our medical industry and the specialists, all of the different types of doctors who are so laser focused on one body system, on one set of problems, and they don't often zoom out and look at the entire body as a whole, right? And the same is for research. So whenever scientists are researching something, they can't have too many variables because you can't measure that as effectively. Whenever you have a million different variables in a test, you're not going to be able to make conclusions with your results. And so by default, scientists have to have a very strict set of conditions, very limited controlled variables so that they can prove something. But with that, the entire story doesn't get told. Just like with these specialist doctors, right? They 
you have to know so many things about the body to be a doctor, to know everything about everything is a lot. And that's not the way our medical schools are set up to teach our physicians. They are taught to go super deep on super topics whenever they're specialists. So, you know, just kind of notice that interesting parallel between how research is conducted and how our medical industry and our physicians are. And it just goes back to our limited understanding as humans. We're just limited, right? It doesn't mean we're malicious or bad. We're just limited. And so half of that perception as we continue to work through all of this. I know it can be really frustrating and confusing. And a lot of people may just throw their hands up and give up and say, never mind. I'm going to walk you through some of it today and try to break it down as best as I can. Specifically this new study that just came out a month ago. I'm really going to kind of step you, walk you step-by-step through that. So I gave you, you know, some background on how it even got to the market, what that means. There were safety tests done before it was put on the market, but kind of what we're seeing now. So, I mean, if you've been living in a cave, (laughs) you may not know what sucralose or splenda is, but you probably do. It's, It's a widespread sweetener. You know, the benefit of it is we're struggling with an obesity epidemic in really the world now. And we know that risk of chronic disease and quality of life, you know, complications and all of that goes up whenever you're struggling with obesity. We have a blood sugar pandemic. Basically we have major, major issues with blood sugar control, especially as we get older. And we're even seeing insulin issues and blood sugar issues go down into our kiddos. Now we have a huge issue on our hands. And that is the problem that these artificial sweeteners are working to solve is people want their cake and they want to eat it too. So they want sweet things, but they don't want to have to deal with all of the negative health consequences. And so humans are trying to solve a problem for that. And so Splenda, you know, is, is something that it was brought to market to do just that. <clears throat> it was really great because you could bake with it. It was in different things. Remember like the yellow bags of Splenda? I think they still sell those. And then we're specifically talking about Splenda as it relates to the microbiome today. So you guys know what the microbiome is. It's all the different organisms that live in and on our bodies. They help with digestion, immunity, overall health, and supporting the structure and function of our gut. And so we're going to talk more about that as we keep going, but just a quick sidestep of the importance of gut health. You know, Hippocrates said all disease begins in the gut. I'm very much in the camp of, yes, that is so true. A lot of the time, you know, we produce a lot of neurotransmitters in the gut. They control our hormones, our inflammation, you know, 70% of our immune system is in our gut. So if your gut's inflamed, your body's inflamed. It is literally the gatekeeper keeping bad things out and letting good things into our body. So if it's not working right, your whole body is not working right. Okay. So just like a quick recap on my nerdiness of my passion around gut health and why it's so important. Okay. Take a deep breath. Let's dig into some of the studies. I promise to, you know, really break it down step-by-step in a way that you can understand what the study is even saying and what action to take from there. So before we dive into that, if you've been listening, 
while, or if you're brand new, you're really loving it. I would be so grateful if you would episode and go leave me a five-star rating and a quick review with a couple of sentences. It would mean the world to me. It lets me reach more people because the podcast platforms are going to, you know, show my podcast to more people as more people rate it and say that they're really enjoying it. So it just helps me to get to more people. So go do that. Pause it. I'll come back. I'll be here whenever you come back. (laughs) I'm not going to go anywhere. Okay. Now that you've done that, thank you so, so much. And also share this with a friend. If you've seen a friend who's confused about the new studies with Splenda or frustrated about conflicting science, send this over to them. I'd be happy for them to hear, reach out with questions. I always love hearing from you guys. Okay, so let's dig in and talk about some of this stuff. (laughs) So I already said a study just came out last month showing that sucralose is genotoxic. And this is after other studies over a decade ago showed that it actually wasn't. So what gives? So, you know, I already mentioned, you know, time changes, variables change, things that they're testing against change. And that's what we're seeing here. So sucralose was investigated in this study. But what was also studied was actually something called sucralose 6-acetate. Sucralose 6-acetate is an impurity from the manufacturing process of Splenda. So the company is making Splenda, and as they're making it, sucralose 6-acetate is also formed and actually is measured in the finished product. So uh, the study actually measured Splenda, it measured products with Splenda, and it found that sucralose 6-acetate was present in a meaningful amount in these products. Also, this study showed that the sucralose 6-acetate was formed in the gut as sucralose is broken down. And they were able to show this by testing, you know, fecal samples after people consumed sucralose and found that the chemical was present actually at higher amounts than what was present in the, in the product before it was consumed, right? So they tested sucralose 6-acetate in the product before it was consumed. Somebody ate it, they tested the fecal sample, and it was actually found at a higher percentage. So it's actually the sucralose 6-acetate that we're going to be mostly talking about, although sucralose does have a a play, a, a part to play here in a minute. So buckle up for that. Okay, so sucralose 6-acetate was actually found to be genotoxic in this study. So before, whenever it was saying that sucralose was not genotoxic, it was actually studying sucralose itself, not this byproduct. So the specific genotoxic, what, what even is a genotoxic thing? Well, gene, like toxic to your genes. So DNA, right, is our genetics. The sucralose 6-acetate was actually found to break our DNA strands. Okay. So that is a big problem, right? If our, if our DNA is broken. So then upon further investigation, specifically looking at the gut now, not just the DNA, sucralose itself and the sucralose 6-acetate were both found to increase intestinal permeability. So cause leaky gut. If you've heard of leaky gut, that's what intestinal permeability is. 
This increases the inflammation in your gut as well as the rest of your body. Because like I talked about before, that barrier isn't working. The inside of your gut is like your skin, right? It keeps your waste in your gut. So it can be removed from your body while allowing nutrients in. If this barrier is broken, foreign matter gets into your bloodstream. And so a lot of chronic issues can happen from this. I also want to just mention hormones here because estrogen is recycled and used in the gut. And so, or, you know, excess estrogen is eliminated from in in your stool. So if this intestinal permeability is, you know, happening from this Splenda, you're also looking at hormone issues potentially here. That is totally a conclusion I just drew from reading this, but it's not out of the question here. So not, not good. We don't want to encourage intestinal permeability, right? The sucralose six acetate specifically. So not talking about sucralose, but the byproduct, it was also shown to increase the expression of genes. So it didn't specifically cause it, but it increased the expression of these genes that are causing inflammation, oxidative stress, and cancer. Okay. No bueno. So what now? Like, what do we need to do from here? So, like I said, you study different things with different variables, you get different results. But for me, this study is really huge. It provides more concrete evidence around why sucralose looks questionable in some studies and why in other studies it like checks out. So, you know, it just, it's, it's looking at the byproduct of sucralose that has been forming as you consume it. So it's a more real life situation versus just studying sucralose in a Petri dish in a lab, right? It's an actual like, but what happens when you eat it study? Okay. There is of course a need for further research, long-term studies. We always need more research, right? We're humans. We're limited. We always need to increase our understanding of things. So I think that's definitely called for here, but where do we go from here with this information? This podcast is for edutainment. I've heard that on a different podcast and I love it. So I'm going to steal it a little bit. It's educational and entertaining, right? I am not your provider. I am not giving you health advice because I'm not your provider unless you're one of my clients, which hello, I love you. But in my family, to my clients, to myself, I do not recommend sucralose. Okay. It's not something we use. So do what you want with that. Make your own decisions, dig into the research if you want and and decide what you need to do. You know, sugar intake isn't good for health either. And honestly, neither are artificial sweeteners. We just can't always hack nature. If something sounds too good to be true, all reward with no risk and involves shortcuts or hacks, it's probably too good to be true. So it has us back at kind of a boring, non like selly place <laughs> of a whole foods plant-based diet enjoying sweet treats as just that they're treats, just not something that we're drinking or eating every single day. If you are someone struggling with sugar cravings. I get it. I used to have a humongous sweet tooth myself, but your taste buds can change as you start to change your eating habits and change your microbiome, improve your gut health. You'll find that those sweet things or those artificial sweeteners honestly taste awful. They become overly sweet. It's just like in your face, 
sweet. You can't taste anything else. And so it's kind of a flat taste. So it's like super sweet, but flavorless at the same time and lacking depth. As you start to change the way you eat, change your taste buds, change your microbiome, you start to crave the more complex flavors of whole foods. You'll realize like berries are super sweet, but have so many other undertones and flavors alongside of them. They're going to feel a lot more fulfilling. So hang in there, make those changes slowly over time as you're able and you'll get there. Just stay consistent. So of course, stay informed on you know, research, science, all of that. I'm always here to break things down for you and help you navigate all of this because I know it's, it can be really confusing. So let me know what questions you have about this. Let me know what questions you have about other research studies that you've heard about that you're not sure what to do with. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered to take bold action towards your health goals. If you enjoy what you heard, don't forget to follow my show so you never miss a new episode. And it would mean the world to me if you left me a review so others knew what to expect from my show. Last, get in touch. Let me know what bold action you're taking. Let me know how you're inspired. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore healthy gut underscore dietitian. I've put a link in my show notes for you so you can simply click and follow. Come say hi. I respond to all my messages and I can't wait to get in touch.